This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome back. Beck UL Daily right here on the Beck UL Network. Joe O, Joe G, Aaron Hawksford with you on a Wednesday. As we look forward to Wildcard Weekend, of course, presented our show by BetMGM. And joining us right now on the GetMyPhoenix.com guest line is Ben Brown of Pro Football Focus. The Phoenix, a revolutionary technology helping men all across America get back to their best in the bedroom. Visit GetMyPhoenix.com. To learn more, Ben, welcome back to the show as we get set for Super Wildcard Weekend, which we're trying to remember to call it, across the NFL. Uh, ben, let, let's start with uh, the, the first game of, of the weekend, which is the Niners and the Seahawks. Where do you come down on rookie quarterback making his first start? I mean, Purdy has played excellent. There's no other way to say it. He, he's mm-hmm. If you looked at the numbers, you'd say, oh, Jimmy G. Like, it looks just like Jimmy G number-wise, and they keep winning. Any trepidation with a rookie quarterback making his first start? The numbers are not kind to those guys, or even first time at playoff quarterbacks. Any worry on that that front with this uh, game about nine and a half? Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously the the trends and the and the records and everything else have not been kind to rookie quarterbacks. I do think that even though you know that data is old and very much and probably like in some ways a different era, different time period, uh, you know, different players and everything else. Like, I do think there is probably something to a rookie quarterback, specifically one that was drafted as low as Brock Purdy was to actually have, I would say, you know, a ton of success every single game of the playoffs. So although it might not happen against Seattle, I'm very much, I would say, expecting, uh, you know, a 49ers slip up at some point. Maybe the, the the Seahawks, I would say, maybe don't have enough in place to potentially take advantage of that slip up. But, you know, at, at some point it's coming here. So the key for me, I would say, in this particular matchup is obviously going to be Nick Bosa, kind of going up against that Abraham Lucas and Charles Cross tackle situation. Both had over a 90% or 90 PFF passing grade in both games this season against Seattle. Like he had like 17 or 18 pressures combined. So he is very much capable, I would say, kind of winning this game for San Francisco, no matter what they're capable of doing offensively. And if they do end up having that slip up, like he could still very much be so dominant that it doesn't matter. But if he's not, uh, I, I do think DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett do have the opportunity to take advantage of a San Francisco 49ers coverage unit that might be a little bit overvalued here right now. So I am riding with Seattle plus 10. I also think there might be worth a little bit of a sprinkle on a money line. I know it's not entirely because, you know, Brock Purdy's making his first start as a rookie, but uh, I definitely think that that idea could very much, I would see, or be the reason why, you know, we have, we see Seattle have some success here on Saturday. Ben, this is fascinating. All six games are seeing movement on the side or total or both in some situations. Uh, let's talk about the Vikings and the Giants. That's one where we're seeing move movement on the total. I don't think that I'm not expecting movement on that uh, that number of three. The number seems right, uh, but the total is 48 and a half, and it, uh, it's been climbing over the last day. How do you handicap this game in general, and what do you think about this move up to 48 and the hook? 
Yeah, this one's really interesting because I do think, you know, specifically going back to that week 16 game, we can learn a lot about, you know, the the matchups and approach that both these teams are going to take and how they're both going to kind of, I would say, counter what the, the, the opponent had done in previous situations. So although I think the Vikings, you know, very much have been uh, over exceeding expectations from a luck factor, even in this week 16 game, they get a number of breaks really couldn't get off the field. I would say defensively uh, kind of needed that big Patrick Peterson interception towards the end of the game I would say to even have a chance at you know stopping the New York Giants and getting enough points to actually be able to win that game outright so although you know the Vikings were definitely on the right side of luck in that one I do think that the matchups also lead in their direction uh Fabian Moreau I think shadowed Justin Jefferson I think they were lined up on like 46 percent of or 46 offensive snaps uh last last game that was like 65 to 70 percent of offensive snaps and Justin Jefferson took advantage so I don't think the Giants have any sort of solution to slow him down not many teams do but uh when, when it comes down to it in third and long and crucial situations Cousins is, isn't really looking anywhere else and I think that's going to continue and that's going to be the spot that I think separates the Minnesota Vikings so at minus three you know I, I think it might be a stay away but I do think you could probably buy into you know the Vikings on like a first half spread or something at minus one and a half because I do think they have you know a, enough in their scripted place that I would say to jump out to that early lead and then maybe the the, the chaos with their end of game type situations comes into play in the second half. Hmm, I like that yeah Fabian Moreau was here in Washington Kind of up and down. <laughs> um, what about this one? I mean, you can find ones, one and a half, two. I'm talking about Chargers and the Jags. Listen, I love this Jags team. I want to see them go on a run. But for me, I just think this is a better matchup for the Chargers. I lean Chargers here, but I'm curious what your thoughts are in this matchup. Yeah, definitely. I, I don't think the Jaguars have been overly great offensively since they lost Cam Robinson. And I think, you know, very much the matchup of Joey Bosa going up against, you know, Jawan Taylor and Walker Little is going to be kind of disastrous for this Jaguars team that, you know, it very much, I would say, relies on some plays downfield and Trevor Lawrence to kind of, you know, make plays outside of structure and outside of the pocket in order to actually, I would say, to really move the football downfield. So, I'm worried about the Jaguars. I also think that the narrative shift on Brandon Staley being a little bit of a, you know, buffoon in week 18 and, and, <laughs> and maybe, you know, maybe like downplaying how good this Chargers team has been over the remaining stretch of, of their games. Like, I, I think it's Chargers or bust. I am with you. I do love Jacksonville. I'm excited that they arrived maybe earlier than expected, but uh, I, I still think they're probably a year or two away, I would say, from making some actual noise in this AFC playoff picture. So give me the Chargers. I know the number's moving in that direction, uh, but, I, but I very much think they're going to be the correct side here on Sunday. Ben, I think the line is really interesting Saturday. with the Ravens and the Bengals on Sunday. Uh, I, I think... I, right now, I don't, I don't imagine Lamar Jackson's going to play. Maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe this week changes. But right now, I'm assuming he's not going to play based on everything that's out there, and he has a practice in five weeks. So we're at seven right now with Tyler Huntley as the Ravens quarterback, which seems intriguing. But then you think about the Ravens' defense has been incredible the last couple months. They got Roquan Smith, and the third time they played each other, and two of Burrow's worst games EPA per dropback this year against the Ravens' defense, I think the Bengals are going to win. But will they cover the seven? What do you think if it's Burrow against Huntley in this game? Yeah, very much so. And I and I agree with you. I mean, even if Lamar Jackson does somehow suit up, like the the effectiveness and where he's actually going to be at, you know, in comparison to where he is when he is fully healthy is, is probably going to be astronomically different. So even if you get, you know, close to 75 to 80% of Lamar Jackson, like that, that, that might not be 
all that better than what Tyler Huntley is, has to offer to this offense. But I don't know. I'm concerned about the, you know, auxiliary pieces around the Ravens offense. Obviously they still have Mark Andrews, but outside of him, wide receiver unit, you know, completely decimated with injuries. I don't think that they're really all that capable of, you know, separating downfield when a guy like Demarcus Robinson's your number one wide receiver. So I'm worried about that. I do think the Bengals secondary as well is kind of trending into form in a number of ways. So Although I'm not overly comfortable playing, you know, minus seven and a half, I do think it makes for uh, probably a pretty interesting and easy teaser leg if you do tease the teaser. If you do tease the Bengals down to, you know, that minus minus half, basically minus one and a half, I do think uh, is very much the spot that I would be buying into in this matchup. All right. What do we think about Miami Buffalo? Another inch gets under 10 uh, way back in week three. It just went against Buffalo, even though they dominate the box somehow ends up um, week 15 a few weeks ago the Saturday night game Miami hung around it was a high scoring affair and now we've got all the questions at quarterback how do you approach this matchup yeah it is it's dicey right I I, I think if anything you know obviously we are probably going to see Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback for Miami but even that you know I, I would say has some uncertainty in this matchup so Although I don't have a strong feel in any one direction, it does seem like the market is at least moving to the Miami Dolphins. Like you said, I think it is probably a, a lot to do with that Week 16 game where Miami very much did go toe-to-toe with this Buffalo Bills team. But I, I think Buffalo has enough to get it done this week. I think long-term in the AFC, um, you know, the, the injury situation, especially on their defense, uh, is concerning to me. And I think that's going to be the reason why, you know, they, they lose to a Cincinnati Bengals team next week. But for my money this week, probably a stay away, but uh, I, I think the only spot that I could probably want to get involved with it would be on the Buffalo Bills side right now. I know a lot of props aren't listed. Some are. One I might have my eye on is Geno Smith under his passing yards um, against the Niners. But I'm curious, are there any specific angles or matchups that you'll have your eye out um, or anything that is already posted? Yeah, so one that I think is, you know, pretty decent spot is K.J. Osborne under 3.5 receptions. I did talk about Justin Jefferson, high target volume. Uh, and Osborne, I think, has kind of been trended in the wrong direction. Even if you go back to that Week 16 game, I think had a, a couple of plays or situations or situational awareness towards the end of the game where he he definitely made the wrong decision. So I don't know if his, you know, route percentage is going to be cut a ton, but I, I think at him, you know, at three and a half is probably just a little bit too high um, from that perspective. Um, I, I also think, you know, we have seen, especially on Monday Night Football, we have seen Tony Pollard kind of be the lead receiving back for the Dallas Cowboys. But I think, you know, come playoff time, they are going to maybe give Zeke Elliott a little bit of a higher workload. I think that will result in him getting a few passing opportunities. So him to go over, you know, 7.5 receiving yards right now, I think that number is a little bit too low as well. I think that should probably be closer to, you know, a double-digit number given the fact that I would expect for him to have at least two targets, if not three or four uh, in this match, especially if the uh, Cowboys are playing from ahead here. So I, I like those two specifically. I'd, I'd be curious to hear any more of your thoughts, but it does seem like the 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 prop market is at least coming out a little bit earlier this week than when I would have yeah. expected. Yeah. yeah. Well, hopefully it continues to, right? Because we got games on Saturday here. We, we should have these up uh, by tomorrow at the latest for those games. Ben, Monday night, Cowboys and the Bucks, two and a half. We're dancing around that number with the Cowboys as the favorite in this game. Curious your thoughts on, on this statistic, trend, whatever you want to call it, that came out end of last week. Cowboys on grass this year. You look at them when they play on grass fields opposed, as opposed to the turf. 
in Dallas, and it's it's a stark difference. So they are uh, they are one and four on grass. Lost at Philadelphia, lost at Green Bay, lost at Jacksonville, lost at Washington last week. The only win against Tennessee, who kind of sat half their team anyway, and the Tennessee team wasn't very good to begin with. They're in on grass this week in Tampa. Is that just noise, or do you think there's something about the way they play, the way their pass rush is set up, that they're not as effective away from the turf in Dallas? Yeah, that is really interesting. I actually haven't heard uh, that trend yet. I do think just given probably the sample size, I would say it's mostly noise. Also, the you know the, you know the splits basically for them being home versus away as well in that situation do have some confounding factors that probably play into that record as well. So I, I don't think it's something that I would probably necessarily buy into. But um, you know, this is very much a game that is probably difficult to handicap in general. Kind of like you said, like the, the pass rush situation for the Dallas Cowboys is going to be the key to this game in a lot of situations from, you know, PFFs like modeling and understanding of this game. Like we kind of like DeMarcus Lawrence to have a pretty good game against a guy like Tristan Wirfs and Tristan Wirfs is very much, you know, should be thought of as probably the Buccaneers best offensive lineman right now, especially from a pass blocking perspective. So if they don't get Ryan Jensen back in the fold, they do have, you know, the Robert Hainsley backup center injury situation as well. So if they're down to their third string center, like the interior of that offensive line, which has been, you know, the biggest detriment to, I would say, Tom Brady's success this season is very much going to once again be in disarray and going against the, you know, the, the best pass rush unit in football, highest pressure rate, highest pressure rate without blitzing, like the, the Cowboys, I think defensively could probably win this game, even with Dak Prescott having, you know, a, a similar performance to what he had in week 18 against Washington. So getting down to minus two and a half, uh, I very do. I very much do think that this is probably the Dallas Cowboys a bust at that number. If it gets up to three again, you know, I, I think that's a little bit change in the handicap and I'm not sure what, quite what direction I would lean, but right now I do think Dallas is definitely the correct side here at the current number. Ben, we were looking at the stage of elimination props, which uh, you, you can find some value if you have a strong opinion on a team. You think they can win the wild card round, but they're going to get trounced in the divisional round. or you know, Because typically we talk about Super Bowl and conference odds, but, but now we have other angles like that. We were talking about the Chargers losing in the, in the conference uh, title game at plus 600. Do you have anything on that? Like, are there any teams that you think can get through wild card maybe make a run to the conference uh, title game and lose or win this weekend, but they're not going to have a, much of a chance given the the matchup they're likely going to face next weekend. Yeah. I mean, I, I think if you're looking at it and you do have a strong lean on either like the Vikings or Giants game, that's probably the, 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 the correct mm-hmm. spot to go with, you know, them winning the wildcard round, probably losing in the divisional round. Cause I don't think either team matches up all that well against the 49ers. So unless, you know, the, the Seahawks go into San Francisco and win as, you know, 10 point underdogs, it, it very much seems like the Giants or, Vi- or Vikings are probably going to bow out in the divisional round. So that would be the one angle, but uh, you know, kind of countering that a little bit. I am, I, I am expecting quite a bit of chaos in the NFC playoff picture specifically. So maybe you, you know, feel more confident about, you know, some of the handicapping in the AFC, just given how, you know, the, the structure at the top should probably stay the same, uh, given how, you know, how highly we power rate some of those teams, I would say. Great stuff, Ben. We always appreciate you hopping on. We will talk soon. Ben Brown, Pro Football Focus. He was on the GetMyPhoenix.com. Guest on the Phoenix, a revolutionary technology, helping men all across America get back to their best in the bedroom business.